Hello. Michael Nitro. Hey, how you doing? You're on the Old Guys Talk Metal and Sometimes Punk podcast. Yes, welcome. Honored. Honored to be here. Thanks for having me. Right on, man. So you're you're a local rock god. That's what Sean says. Yeah. <laughs> That's very nice of you to say. I, I'm in a sea of way talented musicians in the Phoenix metro area. Nice. <laughs> nice. So um, we're going to just talk about a few things today. Uh, heavy metal, hard rock in general. Uh, what you've been doing with your career. What's going on in the future. I know you have a new record coming out. Yes. And, uh, un- okay. and unfortunately, we'll probably talk a little Eddie Van Halen. Yep. Yeah. We kind of have to. So when you when you first started playing guitar and getting into music, what were your influences? What did you first hear and okay. say, listen, I want to be a musician. It's what I want to do with my life. Well, I, I'd have to say it would be early on was what my parents were listening to. My parents were listening to big bands and then all of the early 50s and 60s music. You know, and my father was a player and my mother was a uh, piano. My father was a guitar player. My mother was a piano player. And so there was always music around my house. And I always grew up listening to them playing, you know, and uh, and the music that they liked. And they liked everything from Frank Sinatra to Little Richard to, you know, the Hank Williams and the country music at the time, you know. Right. And I remember watching Lawrence Welk and. Um, uh, uh, I still watch Lawrence Welk. He does. And, and Miller and watching the bouncing ball when I was little, you know, Love and then to, to be honest, uh, you know, the Beatles, you know, when the Beatles happened, I was just like, holy cow, what is this? You know, and I was just little, I was tiny when I heard that. And then Motown really grabbed me, you know, so, so I'm very diverse in the listening to, in what I listen to and stuff, you know, but I, I, I and my mother taking me to see Elvis Presley when I was 11 years old at Madison Square. And there were so, there were so many things that led towards me playing music. Love it. So to narrow it down to one is really not possible. <laughs> yeah. So do you have any shows that, that really shine among all the shows you've done? God, you've probably done thousands of shows. Oh, yeah, I have. I've done – yeah, and there have been some really cool moments. We played with Bon Jovi, and he's just the nicest guy. To, I mean, that, and they were just so nice to us. We played with them here, here in Phoenix, and they were just killer people. And 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 they played really well, and they delivered really well. But their personalities were just amazing. They were just the nicest people to play for. Uh, Peter Frampton, we opened for Peter Frampton. Played with Grand Funk Railroad, Deep Purple. When uh, woo. I, Deep Purple early on when uh, Steve Morse was with them. Man, right. they were amazing. You know, and Steve Morse, Steve of course, Morse. for those of you who don't know from Dixie Drags, right? Steve Morse, great guitar player. It's funny. I just got off the, the phone. I, I just told Andy West from the Dixie Drags, I got to go because I got to do an interview with these guys. Nice. <laughs> there it is. Psychic power. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there there's been a lot of killer shows. I've been, I've been very fortunate and very lucky to do a lot of killer stuff. You know, um, I, one of the most awesome things I got to do was play with Sam Moore, the singer from Sam and Dave, mm-hmm. you know, oh, the yeah. 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 He, he hired me to do a, 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 a group of shows with him with the Phoenix symphony orchestra. So they set me up with my guitar, my, my, Little, my Les Paul and my little Supro amp in in front of the first violinist, 
and they mic'd it up, and it just sounded glorious when all that music was playing, you know? What a great hall, anyway. Did you play Soul Man with them? Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, you got to play Soul the, Man. We did all the hit songs with the Phoenix Symphony Orchestra backing us up. It was killer. Wow, how did you get that gig? Uh, that came... Joyce Moore contacted me. Sam's wife contacted me. To do that. Oh. I've done a handful of gigs in that place too. Uh, you know, like they do these like Beatles things or like a Pink Floyd tribute with a orchestra and everything. Oh, it wasn't just that Symphony Hall. We did, uh, that was a great place to play too. We did one there, but we also did it at the Phoenician with the Phoenix Symphony Orchestra. And we oh. did it on a golf course too. We did it on a golf course. We rehearsed at the Symphony Hall. That was really cool. But the, we did it with the Phoenix Symphony, and we went around with the Phoenix Symphony, which was amazing. Wow. Awesome. Wow. Okay. That was like the biggest band I was ever in. <laughs> so have, have you – go ahead. Go ahead. Have you, have you read the Danny Zalesco book? Oh, yeah. He's, he's, he's something else, huh? Wow. He's amazing. Yeah. Danny's my friend for 30 years, you know, at least 30 years now. Yeah. But his it, most of those stories I was there for, you know. I I, I can bear witness to those stories. Right. There's I, a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff that didn't get in this book. But man, what an amazing book! It's there's so many stories with Danny, so many amazing stories that you couldn't fit them all in one book. You'd have to you'd have to write an encyclopedia. Yeah, absolutely. So for those who don't know, probably one of the greatest concert promoters ever in this area. Yeah. I mean, brought bands, brought bands to town that nobody knew about that all of a sudden exploded afterward. Yeah. Yeah. Large and, and large bands, small and large, small and large. Yeah. Yeah. Because he brought, he brought, he brought, he brings the stones into town. He brings Paul McCartney into town. He brings the biggest of the biggest and he opens doors for some of the brand new bands too. You know, Danny's really cool. I remember last time I saw him, I think was uh, at Adrian Ballou's show at the talking stick. Yeah, I was there. That was a great show. It was a weird show. I couldn't understand what was going on with the sound that night, but it was a it was interesting. Anyway, I went with Gary Adrian. I and think. then he pissed off Adrian Blue talking about Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but I liked his band that night. He had that girl on the bass. Was it that? Yeah, that yeah, yeah. Right with the two kids playing. Yeah, they were amazing. They were those kids were burning it up. Yeah, he was great. That's Adrian Blue is always great to see. I think I last time I I think I seen him at the Roxy also. That was probably a that was probably a Danny show too. Yeah, hard to say. Probably, I don't remember that one. So we know you have a new record coming out. You want to tell us about that? Yeah, well, I have a three-piece band. I don't know if you know. I'm, I'm down to a trio now, and I really like it. I really like. I, I really like the openness to the sound and all the room you get as a singer and a guitar player to do stuff. And I have this new bassist. And uh, his name is Buddy Cash. He just came into town from Philadelphia. And it's like a dream come true, you know, because uh, we lost our last bassist. Well, I say we lost him to COVID because he lives, he lives like, he lived like two hours away and he wouldn't drive down here because of COVID. Oh. But we say we lost COVID, but he was a great guy and he was a great player. But Buddy is just, man, he just makes me enjoy playing my music because he the bass is so perfect and right he came to audition for our band do, do you mind if i tell you a story about when he came to audition for us no, that's why we're here 
Oh, okay, cool. So he came to audition for the band. And when you audition, there's a lot of players that come to audition and they're just don't have it together. Like auditions are, are kind of a burn sometimes because you got to go through a lot of players and you have to be very specific about what you're auditioning for. And so I, I've been, I've been doing this so long so I could, I can really narrow it down to kind of what I want. And the audition process goes really quickly for anybody who comes in unprepared. Mm-hmm. But Buddy walks in the door and he, and he starts playing a temptation song right off the bat. Like, first of all, I didn't expect him to show up because a lot of people that when you, you're auditioning people, they, they don't show up. They, they don't do it. They don't learn the stuff or they, you know, or when they do come, they're not good, you know, but so that's what I expected. So I wasn't ready for him. So when he came in, I was getting the studio ready and uh, Mark Wilson, our drummer was getting his drum set a little tightened up and stuff. And, and buddy starts playing into, uh, starts warming up with Papa was a Rolling Stone. And I'm like, and I, and I'm, I got my back turned to him and I got, and I put my hands together. I said, Oh my God, thank you so much God for sending me this. Cause this guy had soul from the first note. Like I haven't heard in a player in a very, very long time. And it was very, it was very surprising that my first audition for a bassist was going to be this guy. We had 15 more auditions. And uh, wow. when, yeah, we had 15 more auditions and I had to call them all up and say, look, you know, I, I, I said I was going to audition you and I will audition you because I'm a man of my word. And, but I want you to know up front, I, I think I found the guy, I, I, not just a guy, I found the guy, you know? And so I called them all up and I told them all that and they were all very cool about it. Very. And I, and I since have directed them to other uh, musical opportunities, you know, whenever one would come up, sure. but, um, but they were all very, very cool about it. And we start, and I called buddy up and I started right, right in with him and he was just thrilled. And, and we're like two peas from the same pod, you know, we get, we get along and everything just gels really easily. So then we, I told him, you know, I, I want to start writing a new album. I want to get a new album together because, um, it's been really hard for me to get a record together because, you know, people logistics where people live and people's schedules and this and that and the other thing. But with this base, new bass player on board and the enthusiasm of this guy being around, I'm just like after it all the time now. Um, when the drummer can't be around, and he's a great drummer too, Mark Wilson's a great drummer, but he's not always available. So we sent out some tracks to uh, – uh, Randy Cook and Randy Cook from Kelly Clarkson fame. I don't know if you yeah, ever heard of him. Sure. And um and uh Ken Mary from uh House of Lords, remember Ken Mary? Yep. Ken House Mary. of Lords. Lords. Yep. And he played with Alice Cooper, great drummer. And um he yeah, and he played on a track. Um we got do you remember Icon? Of course, right? Of course. Icon. Yeah. We were just talking about so, Icon a couple minutes ago, as a matter of fact. Yep. Yeah, psychic. You're psychic. They're, They're coming back. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. But but Pat Dixon, because he's in town, he was in town working on that that record with them, was kind enough to come over and help me work on some drum tracks on my record too. So we got Pat on a couple of tracks. Yeah, so we're getting pretty deep into it now. Where are you doing this? Here at my home studio, and uh, and 
we get, you know, we got a Pro Tools rig out there and everything's all mic'd up and it's, and it's very comfortable. So like, it's a great place to be creative. A lot of the places we were going to, like I, I had checked out one of the reasons it took so long to get an album together is I was going to other studios and I was, I was, I was just like, there were really talented people running those studios, but I didn't feel like I was getting what I wanted because I felt like they wouldn't allow, like most of the places wouldn't allow you to create in the studio. That's like a, that's like something that nobody does anymore. Right. right. Not so much in, anymore. Right. Right. Back in the day, everybody used to create in the studio. I remember when I was first getting into music, I was at um, Tony Camillo's Camillo studio. He produced uh, Gladys Knight and the Pimps and, and he had a studio in New Jersey. And uh, they encourage creation in the studio. They encourage that creative atmosphere in the studio where now they they don't charge you as much but they want you in and out of the studio. They want you to come in with all your parts figured out. Everything's got to be dialed and boom. But, but the, the thing that that doesn't work with that kind of situation for me is that every time something's recorded, I hear something else. You know what I mean? Sounds like you need it. Sounds like you need You need a good home tracking engineer. Right. But, but, but if I record, I do have a good home tracking engineer. My wife is a really good home tracking engineer. So, but, but, but anyway, so you go from, but like, if, as soon as you record one guitar track, you hear another guitar track. When you hear, when you record the second double guitar track, you hear 30 guitar tracks. Okay. You know, and if you can't go after them because you're in the studio that doesn't want to allow you to create, that studio is the right place for you. Right. Cause they got whoever booked a couple hours later and they got to get you out of there. You and your drums out. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been better to have my own place to do it now. Cool. It's really good. So and when is done? Um, oh, sorry. Go, go ahead. And my wife is becoming a really incredible Pro Tools engineer. Oh. You know, she's learned a lot about it, and and it, and she's better than like nine out of the ten of the people, ten of the people that I was going to work with. Hmm. That's a blessing. Yeah, yeah. Some lucky guy. Good news. So no, when are you hoping for a cool. release for this album? Do you know the release date? Well, I, I don't want to put a date on it yet. I don't really want to put a date on it yet, but I hope to before before the new year. But I can't put a date on it yet. I can't really say that because you know things take time. You know. It's like, How many records have you, you done, got, Michael? How many? I got I got two out. I got two CDs out, two forty fives, and two cassette tape singles. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Do you think it's better to put a whole album out? A lot, not, a lot of bands nowadays are putting like singles out, doing a video. You know, you know what I'm saying? Do you uh, think? Yeah, yeah, and I and we're going to be doing videos too. Like I have a YouTube, Michael Nitro YouTube. You should check that out. It's pretty cool already. There's there's some of our, our lyric videos and stuff there. But um, yeah, but I, I like the idea of doing videos, and we're just starting to get into that whole thing. We just did, because we just went, um, I just went over to, I was invited to go over to Randy George's place. Do you know who Randy George is? Help us out. He, he, there's a band called the Neil Morse Band, and if you haven't heard Neil Morse Band. Yes. Not Neil Morse. I mean, just an amazing bunch of players. Uh, Mark, Mike Portnoy is playing drums with them. Nice. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah. So, And Randy George is the bassist, and he's just a really great all-round musician. And um, he invited me over to his house. He, well, 
person called me up and goes, do you know someone who can sing Ventura Highway by America? You know? And I had been so bored from COVID just starting. I was like, you know, I would, I would sing happy birthday on a recording for somebody at that point. Cause I was just bored. <laughs> yeah. my mom. So, so I was like, Ventura Highway. I was like, yeah, I could do that. Even though I, I had no clue how the song went, you know? And, and I, and I re- after while we were recording it, I was re- um, I was uh, I learned that that song was very challenging to phrase lyrically. But Randy recorded uh, recorded it and helped me along through the vocal on that, and he was very patient. And we did a video of it, and it's at um, Michael Nitro YouTube, YouTube Michael Nitro. So you can check that out. I did a, I did a cool. show for America in uh, Sedona a couple years back. Oh no, kid. Yeah, they actually uh, came out and played. What a super group oh, of man. people. Those guys were great, man. They're, what a great band. What yeah. a great vocal band. So speaking of great bands and musicians, what do you think about the passing of Eddie Van Halen? Uh, you know, I I saw the Wolfgang thing like six minutes after he posted it. Right. And... and Um, I'm still broken up about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I mean, he here's Eddie Van Halen, right? When you first heard Eruption, a lot of people heard Eruption. How many guitar players has he inspired just for that one song? Not just his career, but that one song. That's I can't it just boggles the mind. To it think does, about and it. It, it, he means a lot to a lot of people, and Michael right now yeah. too, and it means a lot to us as well. Right. But I'm talking about a serious blow, you know. It's 2020's been a, a a shit year, and it makes it even worse, right? Yeah. And not right. too long ago, we had the passing of Neil Peart as well. So I mean, we're losing some icons there in the community, not just in the world of metal and hard rock, but right. And, I mean, just your music in general. This is a huge blow, you know. And he did fight throat yeah. cancer for many years. It wasn't a secret. True, um, it but true. it was kind of a shock to you know see him pass. It's 65. I got about 50 text messages yesterday. Did you? And it was just like, oh my gosh. Well, what does Eddie, what, is, what did Eddie Van Halen mean to you, Michael? Well, he didn't really mean eruption to me. Okay. Like, I, I remember where I was when I first heard eruption, of course, like everybody else did when they heard it. But um, when, I, when I listened to Ed play, Ed was a blues player to me, and he was a great rhythm player. And I, I, and, and there was, he had so much soul in his playing, and mm-hmm. I and, and I think it kind of gets discounted a little bit when everybody's talking about the tapping and the hammer-ons and all that. Yeah, because there was so much that guy, he was moving. I mean, and he was so intense in the way he he uh, his rhythm was so beyond. You know, his he had great rhythms and the songwriting was incredible, and 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 everything right down to the way he dressed. You know, and the way he held himself on stage, you know, he, he built his guitars, you know, I think he was using those boogie bodies, you know, and Charvel and you know, boogie necks or whatever, you know, he's the reason Floyd Rose uh, was invented. Yeah. You know, even though I don't believe he got credit for it, but I think it, he's the reason. I mean, he he did that first uh, record with a, a whammy bar, with, it, with a, a stock Fender whammy bar. It blows my mind how he's keeping in tune with that thing, right? Yeah, I was I was bored. Somebody, um, uh, 
some, it just, uh, I lost my train of thought, but the, the marshals, the marshal, the, 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 the things that he did with marshals, like the voltage, you know, and changing the voltage and adding, uh, I, I saw in a picture that he added like a, a big cigar transistor on the back of it. And I think that that was to attenuate the volume before there were those, before power there was soak. those attenuate. Yeah. Before the power yeah. soak came out. Yeah. You know, so he invented a lot of stuff. So he wasn't just he wasn't just the hammer on. You know what I mean? It, it comes down. It, it, it comes down to this guy was an inventor, and he was just it, and, and he threw his whole freaking life into guitar. You know, and 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 at garage person detected at the garage spinner. Alexis says. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a coyote. <laughs> I mean, you're right. Eddie was an innovator. He really was. Right, right. I mean, but, you, but do you understand what I'm saying? That a lot of people don't think of the depth of how how much of an innovator he was. And he uh, was also self-taught. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I, yeah. His father was a clarinet player. Yeah. You know, he was, he, and, and he, and he, Eddie spends his life hearing him, his father play clarinet. And there's a lot of clarinet in Eddie's solos. Hmm. Like the phrasing of the way he plays those solos is very clarinet-like. Interesting. You know, so I think he got a lot from that kind of music and that era of music, you know. And then you get those big band harmony sounds, right, from Van Halen. They sound almost like a big, like a, a big band sound. Certainly and, and the stacked thirds, stacked thirds in the vocals, yeah. Yeah, and David Lee Roth would, like, uh, talk about how they... they called themselves big rock like big band you know yeah 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 I, i'm unbelievable well there's some swing there's some there's some boogie woogie and there's some swing in there for sure yeah i was i was in shock when i heard it I, i'm still a little bit in shock I, I i don't drink but you know that made me drink some um i i cried as soon as i heard it i couldn't i couldn't even help it you know i just yeah i just lost i lost it you know and he was pretty much somebody we we all grew up with, you know. First heard their Van, yeah. first Van Halen album, it just blew my mind. Yeah, and that's that's just that's, that's like legendary that album. It just yeah. everything he did was incredible. Every song on there is outstanding. And throughout his whole career, he did the same thing Eddie did. You know, Eddie did Eddie. Whether it was Van Hagar or was it Van Halen or whatever, it, well, whether he's playing with Michael with, Jackson, with, it made no difference. He was yeah, still with, Eddie Van with, Halen. With, with, Whatever thing he, singer he was with, he did great stuff. Mm -hmm. He didn't do bad stuff with any singers, you know. No. He did great stuff with. Them. So when people say Sammy or Dave, he did great stuff with both of them. Yeah, but, but they never say Gary Sharon. That's that's a thing. That was great stuff too. It actually was, was and it gets no recognition. It's just ridiculous. And and he was great live too. He was really great. I saw them at Desert Sky Pavilion. I don't know what happened there because that was a great band. And and I played with Extreme one time. We opened for Extreme, and um, Gary was great in that band. Do you remember? Did you ever get to go see Extreme live? Yep, I saw him play with Allison Chains in Chicago. Yeah, and Nuno Bettencourt, yeah. of course. And the, they're a great band. Extreme is a great band, and I suppose they're getting back together again. We'll see what happens. You know, I know Nuno Nuno was playing with, but Rihanna, I think he was. So he's got oh, that, that. He's got the Rihanna gig. <laughs> yeah, he's playing with Rihanna. So yeah, he's got that gig. So it's kind of sweet. Kind of hard to get him back into extreme. You know, it's been you know, 
But I think they'll come back and they'll be good. But yeah, with Gary Sharon's thing with Van Halen, that was fantastic too. But it didn't get any plays. You're coming off two big, really huge names, Got David no Lee Roth and Sammy Hagar. So yeah. it didn't get it didn't get any traction. But not for lack of trying. Not for lack yeah. of trying. And not from Eddie. Still, every song on there is fantastic. Right, right. And there's never going to be another Eddie Van Halen. That's it. You know. What's that? There'll be another. Never be another Eddie Van Halen. Not what he did. No, no. No. Okay, no. so we're gonna get, we're gonna ask you a couple random rock and roll questions. Okay. Um. So, Deep Purple or Rainbow? Deep Purple. Deep Purple. See, he's Deep Purple. And why? Why is that? To, to me, that the earliest the earliest Deep Purple Machine Head. That's when they were happening, man. That that, that, was, that was full of fire. Yeah. You know. There's just so much fire in that first stuff. The Deep Purple, yeah. There is. And, of course, the only really difference is, is well, Richie Blackburn. I love Rainbow. I, I got nothing against Rainbow. Yeah, but you got, Rainbow's I mean, but, awesome. but John Lord. I mean. You got John Lord. Yeah. Yeah. You got John Lord. I mean. Then he on. had Rodney James Dio, <laughs> so. It's a, it's a toss-up. So, uh, we need a guitar question. How about this? Student versus teacher. Joe Satriani or Steve Vai? Ooh. If I was to pick a teacher? No, it's student versus teacher. Who do you prefer, Joe Satriani or Steve Vai? Oh, that's a tough question. I love both of those guys. But I, but I think Steve Vai is a little weirder, which turns me on more. Okay. The Frank Zappa years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right? Yeah, I think so. But he's a little more weird. He comes from a weirder place. Where Joe comes from, like a little spaceman place. Yeah, he does. So on that yeah. note, how, what guitar player besides Eddie Van Halen and like Steve Vai and these guys that you really enjoy? And and who do you heard lately that you really think is going to be fantastic? A a, a new uh, guitar player out there. That's a really tough question. Um, I think you stumped him. Yeah, you might stump me. <laughs> Hey, give me the question again. <laughs> who's who's new? What new guitar players have you heard that, that nobody else is thinking about that we need to know about? Yeah, they really you heard like wow, that guy's really I'm something thinking, else. I was thinking about him. Like I've heard the Greta Van Fleet kid. He, mm-hmm. sound, he, he, he sounds like he's really into the classical sound, which is cool. Um, I like uh, what's that band, Honey, uh, Honey something or Honey Bone Rush. That. Huh? Is that Honeybone Rush you're talking about? Or somebody else? Uh, no. no, I can't think of it. The guy sounds like, he sounds like ACDC, you know? They sound like ACDC, which I like. Like, it, it, it seems like there's a bunch of new bands that are like a lot of the old bands that I like. Yeah, that's true. Well, that's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, as far as new guitar players, I would say like John Five. Uh, I can name quite a few. Which just play instrumentals. You know, they don't, they don't, he's, he's from Rob so Zombie's band. With, I'm so terrible with names. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'll listen to a whole Well, John really Five plays a Rob Zombie. He's a guitar player for him, but he does the solo stuff too. Uh, and there's so That's many cool. Uh, cool bands out there. I mean. Okay, so let's talk singers. Ozzy or Ronnie James? Yeah. <laughs> Ozzy or Ronnie James? Ozzy. Wow. Shoo. 
didn't even think about Ronnie James Dio. <laughs> tossed him aside. I tossed him aside like a white blanket. <laughs> I love Ronnie James Dio too. I love Ronnie James Dio. Uh, probably because my voice vocally, I you know, because I sing. So vocally, my voice, I can relate more to Ozzy vocally, how it feels to sing Ozzy as Ronnie, than Ronnie James Dio. That makes you know sense. I mean? That like, makes sense. Okay. Yeah, like, and I, lo- and I love Ozzy's melodic sense. He liked the Beatles, and I love the Beatles. You know? Yeah. Well, how about one of internal, I, internal band, Bon Scott or Brian Johnson? Bon Scott all day long. See? See? <laughs> I told you Bon no, Scott. No, come on, man. For those about to rock. He brings us up every time we every ask this question. Every time I ask Yeah. For those about to yeah, rock. Yeah, but Bon Scott's Bon oh. Scott. Come on. Highway to hell. Yeah. Let there be rock. <laughs> I mean, Brian's great, right? There's yeah. nothing wrong with Brian. But Bond, come on. That, that, he was like, that's the original recipe. Right. He's got like, the character. Yeah. So if anybody ever asked me, uh, David Lee Roth, Sammy Hager, greatness on both ends of the spectrum. But David Lee Roth was part of the original deal. You know, that's what I saw first, you know? Sure. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not and much on the Sammy thing. I, when they were all leaping around on stage, doing, practically doing cartwheels. Just Eddie Van Halen was running up at amplifiers and, kick, try, and kicking them, trying to kick them over. Yeah. You know, they were just, I remember that, that band when they were all going so fast on stage and moving around. Like if you, you felt like if you looked somewhere too long, you were going to miss something. You know? And, yeah. And with Sammy Hayes, it slowed down quite a bit by then. Well, Van Halen was the ultimate party band, I think, when they first started out. They, oh, yeah. were, they were the band that took the party to new limit. I think they kind of went more to ballads when they got with Hagar, right? Oh, yeah, Love Comes Walking In and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I love Sammy, uh, solo Sammy. Sammy Hagar, solo. Yeah. Though. I mean. I don't know. I can't argue with the hits, though, that, that, that yeah. Hagar had. Those, those, that's a pretty substantial stuff there yeah yeah there's some hits see even the dog yeah, agrees even the dog yeah. agrees my dog's name is ozzy <laughs> <laughs> this explains it we should have known <laughs> so we were talking to jim coleman earlier yeah um, awesome. he's like oh no <laughs> he says oh no and and he wanted us to ask you if um if uh, you used to have a fan between your monitors to blow your hair back, if that was for rock and roll effect or if it was actually just to cool you off. We live in Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs> oh. now, 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 I don't know about I don't know about you guys, you know what I mean? But I know about Jim Coleman. And let me tell you about Jim Coleman. Jim Coleman gets a little greasy sometimes. He does. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He, he can be all sweaty and greasy sometimes, right? <laughs> that's, but that's skill, you know. I don't like to be all sweaty and greasy. I like a fan on me to keep myself cool. <laughs> Touche. Hey, man, it works for David Coverdale, too. It's all right. <laughs> yeah. Works for Eddie Van Halen, too. Eddie Van Halen, too. Yeah, absolutely, man. Got to get your hair going. It's, it's, hot. it's hot. Yeah, I can understand why. It's hot in Arizona. Why Ted not? Nugent, too. Work for Ted Nugent. Ted Nugent. Sure. It's hot. Yeah. <laughs> You know where I learned, you know where, I, when I started using a fan, and I had to talk with him about this the last time we played together, uh, who was that, Pat? Uh, Pat Travers. Pat, Pat Travers, yeah. So, see, I'm terrible with names. 
Pat Travers. So the first time I saw Pat, first time I saw him play, he had a he had a fan in front of him, and I'm th- and, and I'm thinking, is this because he's in Arizona? Because I haven't because I never saw him with a fan before. But in Arizona, he had a fan on him, and I was like, so I was like, next day I went and got a fan, so I went and <laughs> I played with the fan, and it was great because I was I was finally cool again. I'm from Jersey. You know, where are you guys from? Are you guys from here? I'm from Chicago. Okay. And Sean's from God knows where. <laughs> I'm from San Diego, really. <laughs> How long did you spend in Chicago before you came here? I came out to Arizona in 06. In 06? Yeah. And I'm 51, so what, year, I'm 51 years old, so you can do the math. <laughs> okay. So you were in Chicago long enough to know that it's really hot here? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really hot here. <laughs> but I think I think I think I'm gonna stay now. I think I have to stay because I kind of grown roots, kind of, kind of. You kind of got used to it, but I mean, we invented hot. I think. Yeah, I no think doubt. so yeah. too. Phoenix invented hot, so like I just want to I just want to clarify uh, us talking about this fan so much. <laughs> <laughs> we thought it was part of your medical metal metal godness. Yeah. The no, dry- I don't have any. Metal. I, I, I don't, I'm not feeling any metal godness. Okay. <laughs> so now we know uh, you're one of the few people we've talked to recently that has some shows coming up. We know I, I know you're playing out at, uh, at Gold Canyon or something like that. Is that right? Yeah. Well, we're starting to do some acoustic gigs. I'm starting to do some solo acoustic gigs just to get out and play and feel feel the vibe out there. Right. It's, it's, it's to get used to. I got to say that as a as a player, it's something to get used to. When your fans and the people who love to see you play used to be able to walk right up to you and talk to you and communicate with you face to face, now they have to wear masks. They have to sit at their tables. They can't dance. So it's a whole different atmosphere when you're playing. You know, it's 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 there's it's it's almost like a theater atmosphere. Like when I played at Celebrity Theater last, I played acoustic. I opened up for Ted Nugent. That was a few years ago. But it, but uh, it like to get up there in front of open up for Ted Nugent with just me and an acoustic guitar and all these people sitting in front of me, I was scared to death. I, I you know it was really scary. But once they got into it and they and they responded, then I could feel like oh okay then it's it, it's good. But like in a club, everybody's moving around. There's already a response before you even start playing. There's a response. Everybody's moving around, everybody's drinking, waitresses are talking to people, money's changing hands, things are going on, right? Everybody's having a good time. And and that energy is the, of everybody having that good time in the club has dynamically changed in a very extremely deep way because everybody's wearing a mask. I hope that after the election, the, the virus goes to, they figure it out and this virus goes away and it comes back. But... Yeah, I have I have to learn how to play to people with masks on, and play with the 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 rules that are engaged in the game now. Right. So that it's tricky. Yeah, and the rules are very important. People don't understand that it's done for a reason. And like we all want to get out and see shows again. I miss live music. I do. And it's that, it's that it's that closeness if you're people that oneness getting out to see a live show and feeling the energy you know like he's talking yeah. about Rhino Michael the energy coming from the people getting it back 
And it's hard to get that people sitting in their chairs. You gotta have your own internal fire, man. You know? <sighs> yeah. You know how are you gonna yeah. do that? It's hard to get your own internal fire sometimes. Everybody, everybody that plays but, shows knows that. Yeah. But the whole thing, the whole thing to me is about engaging. Yes. Right? Yes. The, and that's and that's part of that's part of the whole playing experience is engaging with the people that are there to see you, right? The other part of it is like when I play guitar. I'm not thinking what note is coming next. I don't know how you guys play it, but I'm not like thinking what's the next note. Uh, it, to me, it's like, have you ever pushed two magnets together? Sure. You feel that little force between the two magnets, right? Yep. I have to get that kind of, it's kind of like that between the guitar and the speaker. So the volume has to be at a certain level. Everything has to have the right push, if you would. You know what I mean? Like the, like the push of the magnets. Yeah. Right? somehow between the pickup and the speaker, when I get that thing right, I, can, I feel like I'm the best guitar player in the whole world when it's right. You know, it's just hard to get it right every time, you know, even after doing it. And I don't think every, I don't think anybody can get it right every time. Some people get lucky and get it a lot of the time, but, but, but that's why I play first of all, because I to have that feeling of the, what goes on between the pickup and the speaker. And th that's why I play guitar and singing. It's almost the same thing, you know. Exactly. I mean, that's pretty deep. So you will be doing how many shows are you doing by yourself? Acoustically, how many shows? Out there? How many have lined up already? I got three lined up. One, two, three, four. So I'm at Dylan's on the ninth. And I'm at Timmy's on the 14th and the 17th, and then Gold Stallion on the 30th. Nice. Wow. So you got some gigs coming up, man. Come on. Yeah, the, all my gigs are like posted at michaelnitro.com. Yeah, I got a few coming up. Yeah, I got a few coming up, but it, uh, it's not like it was, you know, where the calendar was filled. Sure. Because, because you, you got to take it easy. You got to ease back into it with, with all that's going on. Yeah. And it's it's a scary time. It's an uncertain time, but I think we'll get back to it eventually, hopefully. And so, what's the so, so this podcast? What's the name of your podcast again? Old guys talk metal and sometimes punk podcast. Because we're old. <laughs> you guys don't. Yeah, but you see, you still have your childlike spirit, which is awesome. <laughs> well, yeah, because we're 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 lifelong metalheads, <laughs> yeah, and punk rockers. We love our punk rock too. We can't knock punk rock. We love music. That's why. That's beautiful, man. Absolutely, beautiful, man. Right? And we're trying to do the best we can with keeping out there and telling people stories and and helping people, you know, stay out there and keep them in, in people's minds. And people never heard your stories. Now they know more about you today than they have before, which is great. And we're, we're trying to make America metal again. That's what we're trying to do. <laughs> you never hear this it on the radio. Is, oh, this, you know? this is going to be a darker, heavier record for me, too. Well, then we're gonna, we hope down. we get to debut it on the show. We have oh, a radio yeah, show We have a radio here. show, too, here in Arizona, Phoenix, every Saturday night. 102.9 FM. Yep. All right. I'll, I'll, let you, I'll let you check it out as soon as I get it done. Cool. I'm looking forward to it. Cool. So, Michael Nitro, thank you, sir, for being on the Old Guys Talk Metal and Sometimes Punk podcast. We appreciate your support and your effort today. Yep. Hopefully come to see you, but they probably oh, won't let us in the door. <laughs> what a freaking cool podcast, man. Thanks, man. We'd love to have you back when you're, 
we'll talk some more. We'll, we'll shoot the shit. <laughs> <laughs> we love shooting right. the shit. You know. <laughs> tell right, the, tell everybody out there where they can reach you and get your music and get a hold of you and everything about Michael Nitro and the Michael Nitro band, right? Okay. Um, you can reach. Uh, we have a website, michaelnitro.com. www.michaelnitro.com. You can get the music there. The music is available on iTunes, Spotify. Um, I think even elect uh, Amazon Music can get get some of my songs. Um, what else did you need to know? Anything? What's your was in Instagram, social media? What have we got? Facebook? What do you want? Okay, yeah, I'm always on Facebook. Because I'm addicted. So all your fans can get a hold of you there on Facebook. Yeah, no, I, no, seriously, I'm, I'm on Facebook a lot. And <laughs> yeah, and if you friend me on Facebook, uh, you know, I'll stay in touch with you because I stay in touch with everybody. Because, you know, I, I really care about everybody. I don't, I, I don't, you know, it's not just like I, I get, I engage with people on a social level, level too, you know, like when, if somebody's hurting, I like to be there for them. If they're, That's, if, if, you know, if they're enjoying, if they're celebrating something, I want to be there with them. You know, uh, so I, I like to stay in touch on Facebook. Well, I the like world to, needs more people like you. I'll tell you that. Well, thank you, man. And yeah. the world needs more people like you guys. Thank you. You love. You have that childlike spirit, which is awesome. And there's nothing better than that. Never lose it. No, no way. It's part of our, our existence here. We're going to keep on going. And once again, really- I want to thank you so much for being on. It's been a pleasure talking to you. More power pleasure. to you. Look forward to the new album. Hope to hear it first. We'll debut it on the radio show. Get it blasted out to the world. And hopefully someday we can come on and check you out. I don't know. The acoustic shows are probably small. We won't let us in because we're, you know, don't let those two guys in. <laughs> <laughs> We hope to come to see you as soon as possible. All right. All right. Thanks, buddy. Take care, Michael.